My arrogant, self-aggrandizing, self-righteous, self-centered half-breed of a half-brother had the gall to compose the second volume of these memoirs, which you have undoubtedly read, else you would not be unscrolling this, the third papyrus of our outlandish adventures. Luckily for all of us, he is too occupied with other matters to continue to badger you, O oh reader, with his self-congratulatory prose. It falls to me, the witty, handsome, aristocratic, and always self-deprecating Lucius Venetius, nephew of the Emperor Trajan, to continue the tale. And it's about bloody time, if you ask me. My dear half-brother is half-savage, you see, and though we Romans tried to instill in him the rudiments of a classical education, he's incapable of writing a decent Latin sentence, let alone a Greek one. He goes on for page after page without a single metaphor, litotes, zeugma, asyndeton, or any of the other figures of speech with which any decent writer must, by his very nature, as a soul inspired by the muse of poesie, imbue those lines which fall not without grace from pen to papyrus. In fact, I used several figures of speech in the above sentence, videlicet, alliteration, apostrophe, hysteron, proteron, and litotes, but I shan't insult your intelligence by constantly alluding to my brilliant use of rhetorical devices. From now on we shall take that as read, unless, of course, I come up with a particularly striking turn of phrase. On with the story. As you will recall, we left the world in something of a shambles in the last volume. The entire universe, you will remember, had disappeared, and our Earth, along with its attendant sun and moon and a few other hunks of rock, had been shunted into what our friends, the little green were-jaguars, called a holding universe, wherein our world, including this grand Roman Empire of ours, at the dawn of the ninth century since the founding of Rome, was fated to remain until the time-criminal, Viridiporcus Rex, a green pig from a distant galaxy, was apprehended. Because of the uncertainties of the laws of conservation of multiplex universes, however, it was uncertain as to whether our world had much longer to exist. There was a distinct possibility that it could vanish at any moment. Also, there was a certain urgency to our quest to find the time criminal. But you wouldn't have thought it. By and large, the citizens of Rome took the impending destruction of the universe in stride. Most of them didn't even notice the brief disorientation of our transfer to the holding universe. Indeed, since the aliens had now put something they referred to as a holographic simulacrum around the Earth, even the stars and constellations looked the same as before, and most people simply went about their business as usual. As Phoenix, the owner of the wine shop down on the Via Neronis, told me, Destruction of the universe, my ass. My father got out of Pompeii in one piece, and I imagine we'll squirm out of this one somehow. 
The empire had never been more prosperous. Our lands now stretch all the way to Armenia and Parthia on the east, and to the west the province of Iraquavia had extended southward to reach the borders of the land of the Seminolii, and westward all the way to the Oceanus Pacificus, or Papinianus as some call it.